Hi, FGA Melvin. Hey, and hi, Clayton Church of Christ. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is so good to be doing yeah, this it's together. fantastic, yeah. You know, the last time Pastor Chi was speaking at our church at FGA, uh, it was a momentous occasion for us because we had just moved into this premise. And actually, even till today, people in our church are still talking about how transformative uh, that message was. And I actually want to say thank you so much, Chi, for uh, even agreeing to, to share this message uh, between our two churches, uh, because I think it's got a real chance, actually, of showcasing what God can do when yep. He unites uh, all of us under His name. Amen. That's great. And, and, and look, Chris, I just want to say thank you. You know, you've been a friend, but also a pastor to me as well, through the really difficult seasons as well. And uh, for us as Clayton Church of Christ family, uh, you know, last time uh, Chris actually spoke at our church was in July, uh, one month after my wife had passed. And, you know, he, he spoke a message about sadness and really it passed it us through uh, the season that we were in. And actually, Chris, you know, I still remember the, the statements that you made uh, about, you know, what is going to come out of the winter season of your life. And what you do in your sad moments will determine the kind of fruit uh, in the season you'll produce. And, you know, like 20, 20 months, 21 months after that, you know, uh, it's a really different season. So I just really want to say thank you uh, and also just love the partnership that we have, a real kindred spirit, you know. Yeah, yeah. amen. Like, uh, I think really God has brought us together. It's, it's good that when churches lean into relationship, actually, that we reflect, it shows uh, Christ in us. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm thankful for this. No, fantastic. No, thank you. Um, you know what? We are going to go right into today's Easter message. And uh, if I could lead us in prayer, we're going to set aside this time. If you're at home and you're watching, uh, let's put away all kinds of distractions uh, and let's allow God's word in this time to speak to us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Uh, Lord, for your love that is an example to us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the great victory that has been won over Easter. Um, I pray that even as she and I share from your words today, that you'd be uh, carrying these words through your Holy Spirit, that it would affect lives and transform every single one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, today we are going to do a passage we found in 1 John 4, 7 to 14. And it goes like this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. So that we might have eternal life through him this is real love not that god not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins dear friends since god has loved us that much we surely ought to love one another no one has ever seen god but if we love one another god lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and we now testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. This is our core passage for today and it's really the Easter message. 
Fantastic. You know, I can't believe it. Uh, today's Easter Sunday, you know, and every Christian around the world is going to be celebrating Easter from home. And in fact, Chris, you know, um, you know, staying at home with my kids, I actually learned something about Easter by watching Frozen 2, and you're going to like that. Oh, my goodness. Disney Plus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, <Okay>. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to keep this, like, Easter-centric. Yeah, yeah. What's Frozen 2 got to do with Easter? No, absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that you invite me oh again, seeing goodness. that you're such a Disney fan. We're never going to live this down. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but actually, you know, there was a scene uh, in Frozen 2, right? Uh, Anna and Elsa, and there was this place where, you know, uh, there was a lot of confusion, uncertainty, and Elsa was kind of frozen and everything else. Uh, but yet Anna rises up and sings this song, and it captured my attention, the, the song that's titled The Next Right Thing. Right. And there's a, a, a statement that says that you are lost, hope is gone, but you must go on and do the next right thing. Can there be a day beyond this night? I don't know anymore what is true. I can't find my direction. I am all alone. The only star that guided me was you. Just do the next right thing. And when I listened to that song, I just thought, man, it really captured the mood of our day. I mean, with this COVID situation, you kind of go, there's so many questions and so much uncertainty and confusion. And you kind of go, I don't know how this whole thing is going to be panned out. Like, how long are we going to be self-isolated for? You know, what's the economy going to be like? You know, how are we going to recur from this globally? And not, not just in Australia, but globally. Uh, the vaccines doesn't seem to be like in sight in, in the next, you know, months or even year. Um, and, you know, the, the uncertainty even personally for ourselves with adjustment to a whole new way of living, how we're going to manage being at home, you know, for the coming months, uh, and, 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 and what about our, our jobs and, and our financial situation. And, and I think it just really captures that this is a season of uncertainty and just kind of going, how am I going to navigate our way through this? Well, what's going to be at the other end of the other side? And, and, and this has got so much to do also with, with Easter because, you know, in the days of the disciple between Easter Friday when Jesus died and before the resurrection, they were in this place of absolute confusion. It's like disorientated, going, my, I saw my own Savior die, Jesus. Like maybe all our hopes is gone. Maybe they were filled with doubt and they were all scattered and isolated and, and meeting in their own homes. And, and in this place, all they could see was what was their need. How is this situation going to be solved? But yet, somehow, on this Easter Sunday, which is what we're celebrating today, Jesus was able to break through into that situation. You know? and, and I guess that's the question I want to put forward, is that how does Jesus break? How did Jesus break into their current situation? What do you think? Yeah. That, that is actually such a powerful thing, to be able to see that the Easter story, the, the thing that Jesus did at Easter was able to take a, a kind of ragtag group of disillusioned Jewish disciples um, and completely turn their situation around. I think that is the real power of the, the message of Easter. So we're going we're gonna, to, in today's message, we're going to look at how Jesus took the disciples, how Jesus took them beyond where they could not go themselves. Um, it could not have been done. Uh, the first point um, is that Jesus took them beyond their uncertainties. And really, when we talk about the disciples, I'm hoping to draw some parallels between the kind of situation that they were facing back then and our situation right now. It, a lot was unknown for them. A lot was uncertain for them, just as it's kind of 
uncertain for us now. How could they have possibly imagined that after they saw their Messiah die on the cross, that Christianity would sweep the world and that there would be two people preaching in Australia, you know, 2,020 years later. Like they could not have even imagined that. Yet the resurrection of Jesus took Christianity, took them, took their situation beyond what they could even comprehend. Um, I want to say the first point of how Jesus took them beyond the uncertainties was that the resurrection of Jesus Christ vindicated Jesus. That means um, Jesus was able to say to them, all of the things that I promised that I would do, all of the things that I taught you, they are true. You can trust me. You know, we live in um, uh, Australia right now, and we're a little bit, we were not the first ones to get coronavirus. Like, we, we were a little bit down the track, right? And so, at some level, as we're trying to figure out what we do as a country, uh, we have to look to other countries to say, oh, what is the next best step for us? And some countries, and I'm not going to name all, I'm not going to name countries, but some countries, they're, they're really succeeding, right? They're really, like, everybody doesn't know what's going on. Everybody is in this sort of unprecedented world. But some countries have gotten their act together, and they're seeing the trail end of the spread of the virus. And then there are other countries, oh, my goodness, we don't want to be like them. We don't want to be the, like them at all. Um, let, me, let me tell you, if you are in a situation of uncertainty and you don't know what's happening and you can't see beyond it, you want to follow someone who has taken steps further than you. You want to follow someone who has emerged victorious. You don't want to follow a country that's handling coronavirus and has lost control and is not victorious. You want to pick someone, and that's what Easter did for the disciples. That's what Easter did for them. It says in um, Romans 8-2 to that Jesus was the prototokos, that Jesus was the firstborn. He was the lead in where this was going. So I want to, if I could, just for a moment, take you into the, the lives of the disciples and what they must have been going through. Because for them, Jesus' resurrection from the dead wasn't just a simple story. They lived with Jesus. They saw Jesus. And then, he died in front of them, right? Now, this was not, Jesus didn't die in a, in a hospital room far away in a surgery someplace that they couldn't see. Oh, my goodness. Jesus died on the cross, hanging there for hours and hours until he bled to death, until they poked a spear into him. They embalmed him. They buried him. Like the disciples had front-eye front view of the death of Jesus. So they most certainly saw Jesus die. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, it talks about how there were so many witnesses, including the disciples, who saw Jesus alive. And so why this was so transformational was they were able to touch Jesus, eat with him, uh, check his scars. They, it says even in um, Scripture that up to 500 people at one time, saw Jesus alive. 
the disciples would then, based on the reality of what they saw and what happened, would then give up their whole lives to say, I'm going to follow this guy. This guy who predicted he would rise from the dead. This guy who actually conquered death itself. And uh, can I just explain, historically, as we celebrate Easter in 2020, what happened to our real world as a result of that victory? Christianity ended up taking over the Roman Empire. This ragtag group of 12 disciples ended up upending the dominant empire of that day. Uh, in fact, we even got our Bible because of what happened with Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus was so phenomenal that people wanted to find out about Jesus. So they would write the Gospels. Then they would discover he's Jewish. So they would pull in the Old Testament into it. And then that's how Christianity um, spread. It transformed not only the empire, but it led to some of our greatest reformations today. So we live in the West here in Australia, and we've got now hospitals as a result of that. Uh, women were elevated because of the teachings of Jesus Christ, who the first people who saw him resurrected were actually women. Um, we saw through the victory that Jesus did, a transformation in the real lives of these disciples so that they were able to say, hey, I'm going to take another step. You know, uh, as we consider what's happening in the world today and, and where we are, I think there's really only two views that you can take. Because we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about Easter, right? But one view, most certainly, is that everything is just all biology and that, you know, there is no God. So we are just matter, we're, things live, things die. If the virus wipes us out, it wipes us out. That such is life. There is no meaning. Uh, the Easter story says that there is another alternative. And that's why when we read from 1 John 4, it talks about Jesus being God and God being love. The alternative story is that there is a God, a God who loves us, who has burst into this world, our broken world, in order to save it. Because we were not able to save ourselves. You know, Chris, um, I think that's so true. Not only does it help us go beyond our uncertainties, but also beyond our own brokenness. And, you know, you're talking about brokenness, and I think we're seeing... We're experiencing that brokenness right now in our own homes. I mean, that self-isolation is just putting people in close proximity 24-7. Uh, you know, it really begins to push buttons in ways that we would never have ever thought before. Uh, so much of our, uh, this current situation actually amplifies so many areas in our life that we kind of realize that needs to be some level of improvement. You know, it's, it's a bit of a painful self-realization. You know, it exposes and amplifies this, the condition and the, the state of our relationships. You know, it amplifies our worries. It amplifies, uh, you know, our, our, our anxiety, our boredom. You know, the way we relate to our husbands, the way we relate to our kids. I think it just exposes, like, you know, my own character, you know. I never realized how whingy and whiny kids can be, like, you know. Um, but, but, um, but, but. And, and during this time, you know, we're experiencing all this brokenness, whether you're someone who believes in Jesus or not, that, that is so common to all of us right now and is so self-evident uh, with the self-isolation. And, and, you know, 
we can so easily at this point just go, I'm just going to bear this through, wait it out, and if only the government would take away the restrictions, if only the coronavirus would be gone and the vaccine could take it away, then maybe all these things would be sorted out. But yet, what we read here in this scripture in 1 John 4, uh, uh, to continue what Pastor Chris had shared, in verse 10 it says that this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and He sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. And here, uh, the Bible is talking about that Jesus came as an expression of love. God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us, not to take away the circumstances, but to take away our sin. Because the issues aren't outside of us. The brokenness isn't just around us. The brokenness is first fundamentally inside of us. You know, oftentimes when we think, talk about sin, we, we think it's about you know, bad behavior or, 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 or things that we do that's bad. But really, it's a condition of the heart. Now, I love uh, what this pastor by the name Paul Tripp describes it. He calls sin as the disease of me. And I love that. I, I think it's you know, so prevalent, like where we shrink the world to the size of what I want, my needs, my desires, where the love for myself gets in the way of the love for God and the love for another. And I think at no other point in time, but right now in this season, do we experience that, that disease of me more than ever before, where we push ourselves into the center of our own home, the way uh, my time, my way, my opinion. And one of the things that sin does, it doesn't just uh, reveal our brokenness, but it, it, it leave, not, doesn't, doesn't just leave us guilty, but it makes us unable. It kidnaps our desires, it distorts our thoughts, it controls our tongue to say things that we shouldn't be saying, it rules our behavior to do things that we know we don't want to do, it leaves us lame, lame, weak, and unable. And what we need is not just forgiveness, but we also need rescue from someone who can deal with something that we can't escape, we can't go beyond ourselves, but we need the Savior, and that is Jesus Christ. And as we come to this Easter, the passage here says that this is love, that He sent His Son to take away our sin. And on Easter Friday, when we see Jesus dying on that cross, it confronts us that the problem is not outside of us, but the problem and the brokenness is within us. And He came to bear that brokenness on His body, to show the truth of the condition of our own hearts. Born selfish, driven by self-centeredness, and we need someone to save us from ourselves because we cannot go beyond our own brokenness by ourselves. But yet on Easter Sunday, this resurrection, three days later when Jesus rose again, it shows to us that Jesus has conquered death. He has forgiven our sins. He has opened a way to be in relationship with God and has given us the ability to live beyond our brokenness, to be able to love God and to love other people. You know, so oftentimes when we think about what Jesus has done, He's forgiven our past. He's set, uh, his, by His grace, a future into eternity. But we forget that He gives us this enablement to live in the present beyond our own brokenness. Right now where we are, stuck in our own homes, Jesus died for that struggle. He died for our fear of death. He died for our dealings with disappointment. He died for the marriage conflict that we're having and we're not able to deal with that. This is how Jesus is enabling us to overcome and go beyond our own brokenness.
You know, I just I, I read my Bible to a uh, 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 storybook Bible to my kids every night, and I've been whinging about how they're complaining a lot. I've got two kids, four and seven. I love them <laughs> most of the time, um, but you know, during that time, I remember reading it, and there was this passage in the Old Testament where the people of God were complaining all the time, complaining, 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 complaining. I'm like, oh yeah, see guys, this is what you're like, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, when I'm reading that, you see God's attitude towards it. It's like die, right? <laughs> he has a big issue with people complaining and whinging. And then in that moment, I felt God speak to me, Chi, you complain just like this. Yeah. This is how you sound like to my own ears. And in that moment, I realized the issue isn't they're complaining. I'm actually broken just like that. Yeah. Complaining, whinging before God, but yet by His grace, He says, I'll send my son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you so that you can be forgiven and be able to ha have a new heart with new desires and live differently. And through that, I, it just transformed and changed my perspective to go, actually, I am just like you kids. <laughs> and it changes the way we relate. And I think that's how, you know, the, the, the resurrection of Jesus enables us to move beyond our brokenness in a very everyday kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, I think the more um, I live life, um, I'm realizing that Sin is the ultimate equalizer. We're, we'd like to think as dads, you know, we're cooler than our kids and we're way better behaved. But the reality is we're broken. They're broken. Uh, we, we live in a world that is fundamentally broken. And if we could solve it ourselves, if we could fix ourselves, we would have done it already. It's very have, true. We would have done it already. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, here we are in this passage, right? We are, uh, we've, Jesus, uh, he's taken the disciples, he's taking us beyond our uncertainties, number one, you know, beyond our brokenness. And even as Chi and I, we were preparing this message, he came up with this amazing idea um, that we would send out physical gifts to each person in our churches, right? So last week, a whole bunch, 300 households um, signed up for to, to receive a free gift, you know, who's going to turn down a free gift? Well, that's right, especially if you're Chinese, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, anything free, I'll take it. <laughs> that's it. Immediately, we got like, bam, 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 right? And then, um, so right now, you would have gotten your gift. I'm hoping that you can find it, take it out right now. Uh, if you've read the instructions correctly and you're, you know, not so full of sin, you want to be <laughs> very compliant and you're waiting until this moment where we're going to uh, ask you to open up your gift, right? But we have this idea. Um, so let, let's open up the gift right now. This is your gift from us. Uh, and inside it are two masks and some lollies, all right? Two masks and some lollies. And we, we thought, hey, let's, um, let's give this as a bit of a, uh, a sermon illustration, right? Because you've gotten these two masks. I tell you, masks right now, they're a rarer commodity than toilet paper because you could actually, like, there is some uh, relevance, you know. Um, but when, when you get these two masks, what's the first thought that mm. comes into your head? Like, yeah. oh, my goodness, great masks that I can use. I tell you, these lollies that you've got, if you've got any kids in your house or, or maybe, you know, for you, um, would those lollies last more than one day? in your house if you put them out, right? Because our first thought when we get a gift of things that we need in a time of uncertainty, our first thought is, great, I could really use it. 
But Easter, uh, what the third thing that Jesus does in Easter is to really take us beyond our home. Just like these disciples who could only think of themselves at that moment. Mm. Somehow, Jesus with his resurrection burst in and they became the carriers of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ out. They became the example of love out. Yeah. And, uh, I, and, and you know, it's so funny, right? Because the, the Easter message, even though this year we're celebrating it in the home, it is a very message that's meant to go beyond our home. And so yeah. uh, we wanted to use that illustration. And so I just want to give you some kind of what, what will we do next collectively, both in FGA Melbourne as well as Clay Church Christ. What can we practically do using this gift to take it beyond our own homes? Now, if you open your gift, you'll see there is a card on the inside, right? And in that card, it says, we're thinking about you this Easter. It's just a blank card. And what we want you to do is actually begin to think about someone in need. Think about someone that you want to bless. Think about someone that you want to, you believe God wants you to reach out to, right? And just write a personal message to them, yeah? Uh, an encouragement. Uh, many people will probably get a lot of online communication, but it's just something nice to have this snail mail coming to you, right? Uh, and delivered at your door. Something tangible and practical that you can actually feel in touch. So maybe perhaps this is something that you can do and work on as a family about someone that you can actually do this or towards another family. Just to be able to say, I am thinking about you this Easter. Yeah. And so even though we've given you a mask and then some lollies, really they're just kind of like kettle, like tasters to kind of get you started to think about perhaps there are other things that you could add into this package. And perhaps you could drop it off at their home and, uh, and, and be able to bless them with that. And in some practical way, go beyond your own home. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the church... was birthed, really, when Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, because Jesus was that example. As, uh, let me read, actually, as we close. I, I just want to read today's passage. And if you get anything out of today's service, I hope that you would the, the words of Scripture would echo in your heart as you contemplate, what do I do with this mass and this lollies? Who do we bless? Who do we... Um, uh, who do we reach out to? Is there an elderly person in, in our life? Is there uh, somebody who's you know could really use some help? Even as I read this scripture today, um, I I would ask that you would allow God to speak into your heart and to do the same kind of revolution that He did in those early disciples that led the church to actually go beyond just their home to every other home as we spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's read this together. It says in 1 John 4, 7 to 14. And, uh, and really this is the Easter message. The, the, the power of Jesus to be able to break into a situation is really the power that has been won through his resurrection and the revelation of the love of Jesus Christ. Let's read it. It goes like this. Dear friends, so this is speaking to you. This is what you need to do. Let us continue to love one another. I would add, you know, in, in uncertain times like this, in times where our brokenness is kind of coming out. For love comes from God. 
anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God, and this is the essence of the Easter story, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. In just these few sentences, you get a picture of uh, a God who is the example, who is the model, who has taken many, many, many steps ahead of where we want to go. And we are to emulate Him in showing love. Uh, we're to emulate Him as He pulls us out of our brokenness. And then it says, Dear friends, since God has loved us that much, we surely ought to to love one another. And so here we get to the action point of Easter. We surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Our hope is that even though we're all broken up in different homes all across Melbourne, um, that this Easter, instead of receiving a gift for ourselves, we take this gift and it becomes a gift that we send out beyond our home to those around us and so that we live out the very gospel of Jesus Christ in today's day and age. And can I just say that if you are, maybe if you're listening to this message, it's your first time hearing the Easter message. Somebody invited you along, forwarded you a link to this uh, message. Can I just ask that you would consider the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we're celebrating this Easter. It burst into reality, into our real world history. And it changed the world back then that in many sense gave us some of the privileges that we have in our life today. This Easter message for you could also be that transformational. That as Chi and I, we shared uh, what Jesus did, he can do the same thing for you. That you in your situation, whether you feel uncertain, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen with your job, what's going to happen with your relationships, you could look to Jesus for the next step. You could look to Jesus for the next right thing to do. He can overcome. He can help you overcome your brokenness. Uh, he can help you overcome the situation that you're in. And so I want to invite you actually to respond to today's message. In um, After this, uh, you'll be given an opportunity that you could either write an email or you can, you know, contact us and we'd love to pray for you. But Easter, just as it was for the early church, could also be a breakthrough for your life right now. Amen. Did you want to maybe close us in prayer? Yeah, let's just pray. Oh God, we just really want to thank you, Lord, um, for the greatest story in the world. We know that because it's transformed uh, our world around us in ways beyond what we could imagine.
but more importantly, it's also transformed us personally, that we can witness and testify that you are a gift that is not just for us, but it's meant to go beyond us. And so, Lord God, we just want to celebrate you. We want to be grateful and thankful for you. And we want to express the fruit of that thankfulness in the way we love you, by the way we love other people and those beyond ourselves. So, Lord God, I pray for your blessing upon each and every one of us uh, this Easter as they celebrate in the home. And I pray for those who are listening to this message who do not yet know you, that they discover the joy of knowing and discovering their God. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand and worship God together. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that we are restored because of you, God. And Lord, I thank you that we can come together and celebrate who you are, God. And celebrate this resurrection, this love story.
Thank you, thank you. There's nothing more to say to you.